when I'm creating these documentaries, I'm ultimately thinking like, how am I going to make these women who are already heroes, but heroes on the screen as well? Because I think we really need to have many more examples and role models to, to learn from. Buzu, hello, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. Miigwech for joining us today. Native Lights is, at its core, a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a whole lot of different backgrounds. These are policymakers, healers, artists, a bunch of different people, you name it. We talk to them about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community. And it all centers around this big point of purpose in our lives. And we are continuing that mission of amplifying Native voices today. So, uh, Leah, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Very good. You know, it's been an interesting April, so I'm wearing some flannel right now. Um, <laughs> but I know summer's just going to like hit us in the, in the face. Um, so yes. I'll be just sweating in no time. But, just, uh, just sweating in there. Just sweating. But other, <laughs> just shiny. <laughs> otherwise, I've been uh, trying to go to the gym more because uh, this wedding's coming up real quick and I've kind of <laughs> been a little Sorry. lax on that. So, But yeah, <sighs> I saw that you uh, were traveling recently to the uh, eastern coast. I was. I had a great time. I went to the MIT Indigenous Earth Day Summit Oh yeah. Uh, at my alma mater, of course, you know, MIT's had a history of uh, a, a very complex history, let's say, mm-hmm. with indigenous communities, tribal lands, and all of that. And I actually talked a lot about it on the recent episode of Wisdom Continuum, oh, the podcast yeah. that I also host with my husband, Daniel Lem, uh, Lower Sioux, Dakota Oyate. So we, we put our heads together every other week. And come out with some conversations. And this week, this past week, I did some reflecting ah. because it it was it was an emotional experience. Kind of going from undergrad, where mm-hmm. Indigenous people were like basically not present or out in the open. I mean, there was the American Indian Science and Engineering Society, to now where they're having a summit on campus, which is just That's night cool. and day. It seems like. So what you're saying is listeners can hear more about that exciting journey. <laughs> well, it, it was a half an hour conversation and I'm I'm not going to rehash it here because <laughs> we are here to talk with somebody else Let's do it. who does wonderful work in amplifying native voices and stories. Leah Hale is from the Sisseton, Wahpeton, Dakota, and Diné Nations. And she, along with her companion and her children, make their home in St. Paul, Minnesota. Whoop! Mm. And she is a producer for Twin Cities PBS. And she has a new documentary out now, which she directed, called Bring Her Home. And that really highlights the missing and murdered Indigenous women epidemic and that is actually being distributed nationally by PBS. So really an incredible hour-long documentary, great work. I watched it. I laughed, I cried. I cried, I laughed. So I'm really excited to speak with Leah about that work and you know 
what her motivation was to do it, what kind of brought her into making documentaries, because that's all, you know, as we know, heckin' interesting (laughs) and really inspiring. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Let's go. Hello. Hello. Hi, Leah. Hi. Nice to meet you, Leah. Yeah, likewise. Nice to meet you both. I I really appreciate you both um, inviting me to be on your show. Thank you. I'll have Cole kick us off. All right. So, Buju, Leah, uh, could you just, you know, start by introducing yourself and uh, just telling us where you're joining us from? Um, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Leah Hale. I come from the Dakota and Dene, also known as Navajo um, people, and I am a producer at Twin Cities PBS. Very nice. Um, so how are you and your family doing during the pandemic, you know, during 2022? How's it going? It's going pretty good, but it also, you know, comes with its challenges. I have three children and they're all under the age of 10. And um, my youngest, my daughter is my youngest and she is three years old. So she's been at home with me the entire time as I walked, as I worked from home. So in a way, it was a, a, a bit of a blessing in disguise just to be able to you know, um, be with her every day, opposed to having her in daycare and, and me going to work. But um, definitely we're, we're doing okay. Um, definitely enjoying um, some of the lifted mask mandates. Um, I know my children are, you know, enjoying just what it's like to not have a mask on because I think they got, you know, pretty familiar with it. But for the most part, um, you know, just doing our best to um, make sure that we're keeping healthy and finding that balance in our in our family's routine. Wonderful. And it sounds like you've been keeping pretty busy with work. So it must be uh, a challenge, but also, like you said, a blessing in disguise to have the kiddos running around your feet, I'm sure, <laughs> while you're getting your work done. Let's talk a bit about the Bring Her Home documentary. It's your second feature documentary. Yes, it is. And there were a lot of recognizable faces in the documentary, which was really wonderful. And a few who've been on Native Lights, actually. So why don't you give us a bit of an overview of the documentary Bring Her Home? So Bring Her Home highlights the missing and murdered Indigenous women epidemic. When I first started about three years ago now, that was the title of the movement. And I, about halfway through production, you know, it became, the movement itself became more inclusive. So now, you know, people refer to it as missing and murdered Indigenous relatives or missing and murdered Indigenous people. But um, I guess you could say being an Indigenous woman, woman and highlighting specific women in the community that I look up to that were personally impacted by this epidemic, I, I made the decision to still keep it focused to missing and murdered Indigenous women, um, mainly to highlight the gender violence that's happening around this crisis. So the 
documentary. It's an hour long documentary and it follows three indigenous women and artists, Angela, two stars from the Sistan Wapatan Dakota people and activists, Misty Babineau um, from the Red Lake Ojibwe Nation and representative Ruth Buffalo out of Fargo, North Dakota. And she's originally from the three affiliated tribes, Mandan, Arikara, and Hadata. So um, basically what this film is about is we follow the journey of these women and their lives surrounding this crisis that affects us all and seeing how they overcome their challenges and the obstacles in regards to bringing attention to this issue and finding ways to heal um, within, you know, themselves, within their family unit, and also through community. So it's definitely more of a hopeful depiction of this crisis, but it's, you know, my main intention was to bring hope and awareness, but also uplift communities, um, our Indigenous communities that are so impacted by this um, crisis that I was just trying to, you know, bring awareness, but at the same time, make sure that our people had some type of a tool to utilize and to see examples of women that have, you know, made it through horrific times through their lives, but are now making awesome change in the community. So that's kind of what the film is about in a nutshell. Thank you for that, Leah. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Leah Hale. She is from the Sisseton, Wapiton, Dakota, and Diné Nations, and she's a producer for Twin Cities PBS. Her most recent documentary, Bring Her Home, highlights the missing and murdered Indigenous women epidemic and is distributed nationally by PBS. One of those things that I found really lovely, as you mentioned, tools and hope, was the introduction of the families of the women that you talked to, especially Angela Two Stars and her talking about how you can affect change through the family unit, through raising your children. And would you like to speak to that a little bit? Because I found that was really one of the biggest points of hope in in the documentary. Yes, I also agree with that same message. It's one of my favorite scenes is when she unveils her Walker art sculpture. And just in that moment, she was talking about teaching her kids, especially teaching her son how to treat his younger sister. And and also, um, I am always related to the visual aspect of her sculpture herself is, you know, representing a, a drop and the ripple effect from one drop. And I just really liked that she focused on the idea that, you know, one person could make an impact and that could easily be, you know, a parent, a grandparent, where it takes a lot of um, teachings and a lot of patience and commitment to you know, teach our young ones um, how to, you know, receive respect and give respect to people. And to me, I think that's kind of the, what it all boils down to is this idea of having respect for one another and realizing that us as Indigenous people, as human beings, we are all related 
in some way we're human beings and we need to know how to, you know, respect and honor each other and make sure that we take care of one another. So I really feel that that was very symbolic in her piece and just the way she explained it by simply, you know, making sure that her son is receiving those teachings from her will have a ripple effect to everyone he touches in regards to, you know, people that he has relationships with, teachers or, you know, um, anyone in the community. I feel like if we all start from the home and teach our children how to respect one another and how to, you know, just take care of one another and look after one another, I think that will definitely make an impact. But obviously these things can't happen overnight. It takes, you know, Um, a lot of effort in the families, in the homes for these types of teachings to occur over time. So I'm really hopeful for, you know, the generations coming that if we just keep with this idea of teaching respect for one another, I think we could definitely, I, I see a hopeful future for us. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Leah Hale. She is from the Sisseton, Wapaton, Dakota, and Diné Nations and is a producer for Twin Cities PBS. Her most recent documentary, Bring Her Home, highlights the missing and murdered Indigenous women epidemic. That documentary is being distributed nationally by PBS. Let's let's take a quick step back. I was... I was curious, you know, how you got into creating documentaries. Like, what sparked this passion for you? So I consider myself an urban Indian. I grew up in cities all my life. I grew up in Pico Rivera, which is 13 miles east of Los Angeles. And being so close to Hollywood, it was very disturbing that I never seen any Native representation growing up besides Peter Pan and the the two Disney movies, Peter Pan, which was Tiger Lily and Pocahontas. So, um, you know, just seeing that lack of Native representation definitely lit the fire to want to get into media content making. Um, so I ended up going to Cal State University Fullerton And that's um, near Anaheim, California. And I went through their communications degree program in their radio, television, film department. At first, I didn't know exactly what I wanted my focus to be on. And I was really interested in story development. So while I was in college, I took a lot of screenwriting courses and story structure courses, um, but for fiction Um, storytelling. And it wasn't until later on when I started getting into documentary work that I started utilizing a lot of the techniques found in fiction story development and started, you know, utilizing those same techniques in documentary um, storytelling as well. I know it was one of my mentors told me that, you know, fiction filmmaking um, compared to documentary filmmaking, there's really no difference. You're telling somebody's journey and, you know, you're telling like a character arc's journey and how they change over time. What are their wants and needs? What are their flaws? 
um, what are what obstacles are they overcoming and how did they basically succeed in the end? So um, I really liked that way of storytelling because I think it's um, it creates heroes. And I, I think that we as Indigenous people need to see more heroes on the screen. So when I'm creating these documentaries, I'm ultimately thinking, like, how am I going to make these women who are already heroes, but heroes on the screen as well? Because I think we really need to have many more um examples and role models to to learn from. Um, I really like the verite approach and that's more or less like you're experiencing a film like a fly on the wall. You're kind of just peering in on people's lives and hearing their stories and you're not necessarily being told from a narrator like a voice of God what to think and what to you know like spoon fed information you're kind of just are seeing people's lives play out and in a way it's left up and for your own personal interpretation of what it means to you. I'm kind of making a point that you could succeed in filmmaking and not necessarily have to be in Los Angeles or in New York to do it, that you ultimately, you know, need the resources and also the support and the audience. So I'm just very thankful that there's um, a vibrant Native community here in the Twin Cities as well as Minnesota and that they're, they're very supportive of of seeing stories on themselves. So I'm just also thankful to Twin Cities PBS for just continuing to support me and allow me to do these passion projects um, by getting funding from outside entities like Vision Maker Media. So um, as long as the support keeps coming, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. That's great. Um, that actually kind of leads into uh, another question. What advice would you give to... Uh, you know, somebody trying to follow a similar path, I mean, uh, you know, documentaries and, you know, a Native person, you know, growing up trying to add more representation to the world. How how do you, how would you, what would you say to them? (laughs) I would say that it's always good to find mentors. Um, Even if you don't physically know people, we're in the data age of technology where, we have information at our fingertips. So, you know, my mentors are Spike Lee and <laughs> um, April DuVernay. And I search for people that I enjoy their films. And I want to, you know, say something similar to what they're saying about uplifting their communities and, and sharing hidden truths. So I, I listen to what these people have to say. Um, and I, you know, I go on YouTube and I research interviews and I research behind the scenes information about, you know, even documentaries about behind the scene making of documentaries. And I'm always like exploring to listen to even editors and what techniques they use, what works from them. And I always really like to hear people's personal stories too, because when you get to know people, it, it feels like a lot of us come from humble beginnings and it makes it makes it realistic when people will, would say like, oh, I just started here and I didn't have very much. And, you know, just to kind of hear people's doubts and worries early on in their careers and to see how they progressed over time and to kind of hear what motivated them and kept them motivated. It really helped me to to just have people to relate to. And another thing, too, that I like to tell young people is always try to find a way to develop your craft, whether that's, 
you know, if you're too young to, you know, actually work in the industry, you know, it's always good to volunteer or it's always good to, you know, find courses at your high school or there's so many different um, programming in our communities that offer media training um, in the Twin Cities area, one of our most well-known organizations that provides youth training is McGizzy Communications. And I go there often, too, to, you know, volunteer and work as a mentor um, with different programming that they have. And um, and then I think when you come of age, you can either, you know, get a degree in it, go um, for college and actually go and get a degree, or you can just get your way into a media organization that produces media and start as an entry level and work your way up. And that's exactly what I ended up doing at Twin Cities PBS. I um, started as a entry level production assistant and I've been there for 10 years now and I pretty much just worked my way up to a producer when you're in there and it may not be the best job at first, but that's how you start networking and that's how you start expressing your, you know, your wants and interests and desires and people will help you. And you just kind of have to be outspoken. Um, When I was a young person, my dad always used to tell me like, well, what do you want to be? And I would tell him, you know, ridiculous things, an astronaut or, and then eventually it became a filmmaker. Um, But he always told me, well, tell people, you know, don't be afraid to um, think that it's too far-fetched. You just got to always speak it and make it become reality. So I remember from, a, you know, a teenager saying I wanted to be a filmmaker. And, you know, even though I got a lot of those responses from adults, mainly, you know, people would tell me at times, oh, that's very competitive and that's a man's world or there's hardly no successful women directors and those types of things. Um, but I still did it because to me that those types of com- comments really um, made me more motiv- motivated to prove people wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so interesting that you say that, Leah, because I wanted to Make sure, you know, if if somebody is listening and might see you as a mentor, what keeps you motivated? Besides, you know, <laughs> trying to show people <laughs> that you can do it. I mean, which is definitely valid, too. <laughs> um, is there something that, that keeps you motivated? Definitely. I think, um, for one, my children, I see them every day watching what I'm doing and asking questions. And um, just the other week, I've been kind of busy going out to different traveling to nearby film festivals and screenings. And so last week I was getting ready to head out the door and was saying bye to my kids. And my son was like, where are you going now? And I was like, I'll be gone. I'll be gone for the day, but I'll be back tomorrow. But I'm going to show my film. And he's like, like, you have another film again? He goes, how do you make these films so fast? And like, he didn't realize that it was the same film, but I'm just showing it at different places. But he was like, wow. Like, he seemed like so proud of me. Like, every screening was a different film I was showing. <laughs> but I just, it just made me feel good that my kids are seeing me, you know, go for my dream and that are, they're a part of it too. It's funny because um, my earlier work, they're always, they always end up in my films somehow. <laughs> So um, I'm always like trying to just be that, you know, hardworking 
person to show that it takes a lot of work to to go after your dreams and your vision and having them to be an example for is definitely motivating for for me to keep going but at the same time i'm always looking for other opportunities to you know teach other people um because i know it was it's even still difficult right now finding indigenous women mentors and i've been you know exploring different opportunities like outside of the public media entities like you know independent fellowships like i was awarded in 2020 the merida mita fellowships through the sundance film institute and i was just so thankful that i'm an alumni of their program and just being a part of the program made me you know made my network even bigger to um other indigenous filmmakers and especially women that are doing this work because i feel like there's still too there's not there's not enough of us and i feel like the more longer i keep doing these films the more that other people especially young women will see what i'm doing and that i can be that mentor for them as well so i think definitely not quitting because it can get hard <laughs> especially with the family but i think just by keep doing it that maybe i'm able to open doors for other people so i'm just always thankful to the other women that have paved the way to for people like me but i think it's important to keep doing those same things that i was seeing other women do before me so um definitely encouraging more women to get in this field especially indigenous women because it just seems like we're just coming upon that time where native films and native storytelling is reaching that mainstream audience and i think that once we get to that point we got we got to just keep going and we can't you know take steps back we got to just keep figuring out how do we reach wider audiences and how do we you know create messaging that will ultimately inspire each other and also um help non-native people understand our world view and ultimately lead to having respect for one another and understanding we're all visitors here on mother earth and that we need to take care of her and now we need to learn to respect not each other but respect you know the land and the places that we 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 reside so to me i think that's ultimately what um my films are are about amazing Wow, Leah. Yeah. Can't say better than that. That was amazing. Miigwech. Yeah. Leah Hale, I appreciate you. I appreciate your work and the people that you uplift. It's amazing to see. Yeah. So, miigwech. Thank you so much, Pidami Aye, Wopira Tanka. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Leah Hale. Very wonderful. Yeah. She's it's such a great example of leadership in documentary making because you know sometimes we want to yeah. include you want to include native voices but she's helping make it foundationally native voices and native like customs and protocols and that strengthens the process and strengthens the voice of the documentary. Yeah. So I I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean it's 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 very clear that she, you know, takes great care in approaching people, communities, 
offering gifts, smudging, you know, trying her best. Uh, that awareness is great, and we need more of it, and people can follow by her example. So thank you to Leah Hale. Leah Hale uh, is from the Sisseton, Wahpeton, Dakota, and Denaid nations, and is the producer for Twin Cities PBS. Her most recent documentary, as we discussed, Bring Her Home, highlights the missing and murdered indigenous women epidemic, and it's being distributed nationally by PBS. Yes. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Giga Wabaman. Giga Wabaman. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.